This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome back to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Coleman. This is my match reaction show. My five takeaways from Fulham's loss to Chelsea at Stamford Bridge on Saturday. I've got some serious thoughts on this match, and I'll go through my five takeaways. As always, please do subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. It does help other Fulham supporters find us. Okay, my first thought before I go into my five takeaways is that this was a great opportunity to actually win at Stanford Bridge for Fulham. They did not get it done. There are reasons for it. I'm going to be sharing that in my takeaways. But this, to me, will always be looking back at this season as a missed opportunity. We see that a lot in this Fulham side. Extremely inconsistent. In fact, you could say their inconsistency is what they're about this season. We have some very wonderful victories, and then you have these losses, and pretty much go hand in hand. I've got some thoughts on that at the end of this episode. In fact, that'll be my number one takeaway, part of that. I'll get to that in a bit. But let's start with number five. And if you are a Chelsea supporter looking for thoughts about Chelsea, this is pretty much where the positivity is, and then we move on from that. Chelsea were the better side in this match. They definitely created more opportunities, hit the post a couple times. One was actually offside, so it wouldn't have counted anyways. But you know what? They did enough, you could say, to win the match. If you just go on the play itself, you can make the argument that Chelsea were the better side, and I'm going to make that argument too. Fulham were not at their best. I don't think Chelsea were at their best either, but they were the better of the two sides, so you have to give that team credit. But when you look at that team that was put out there, this is not a Chelsea side that you're used to seeing, say, maybe five or six years ago. It's still a team in transition. There are a couple, I would say, very good players that are going to have wonderful careers. I I actually really like Connor Gallagher, and I want to also mention, I, I 
do like Cole Palmer. I see bright futures for them. They have some other very good players, some extremely expensive players, and it just hasn't come together for them at this point. But if I'm just viewing this match, they did enough. They were the better side. That's why Chelsea were the better side as number five. Let's go to number four. And I think this one is massive. And I knew it was going to be huge, but I was hoping it wouldn't show itself like it did in this match. And it will probably continue to show itself until these two players return from the African Cup of Nations. Number four, full miss Bassey and Awobi. They definitely missed both of them. There's no question about it. Let's start with Calvin Bassey. Calvin Bassey, for me, is going to be your number one starting center back. He'll have a, a partner for years to come, but Calvin Bassey will end up being, I think, the leader of that pairing. He is a solid player. At this point, I only have seen him make mistakes when he's been on the right side. On the left-hand side, he seems very much in control. And I think Fulham definitely are missing him right now because now you have two center backs that I think have a mistake in them potentially each match. We're talking about Diop and then, uh, of course, Tosin. Now, Tosin, for the most part, has been good, but he still, I feel, has that mistake, and Diop definitely does. So I think in this match, Fulham definitely missed Calvin Bassett. And on top of that, I think they totally are missing Alex Wolby. Now, I knew this was going to happen because you can put him on the right. You can put him on the left as a winger. You can also make him your number 10. You can play him pretty much anywhere in midfield, which is great. But where you really feel it is in attack and what he does with his motor. He is just such a force on that pitch. When you take him out and you put in other players that have ability but do not have what he offers, I think it hurts you. And I'll use an example that I've actually said to a, a few people, and you can agree or disagree with me on this. I do like Bobby Decadova Reed, but from being honest with you, I think he's a championship winger. I do like Harry Wilson. I think that he is a championship winger. Now, can they play in the Premier League? They proved that. Can they have good games? Absolutely. But if you're looking for consistency, someone that you can count on each and every match to be a starter in the Premier League, these players are not it. They're just not it. And this is where you miss Alex Iwobi. You could also make the argument you are missing, unfortunately, Adama Traore. I don't know what the deal was with him with his injury, but that hurts as well. But I think the loss of a Wobi really showed itself in attack against Chelsea. And I think it'll continue to show itself until he returns. He has become that vital to Fulham Football Club this season. I think a real force in why Fulham have been scoring goals. Like we could talk about Tom Kearney. We can obviously talk about Jimenez coming back and William. But a Wobi is a part of that cog too. So his loss and Bassey's loss really hurt Fulham against Chelsea. Okay, let's go to number three. And let me just say, this is a penalty that uh, Raheem Sterling won. It was a penalty, but my number three is, is this. It's a penalty, but Sterling dived to win it. What I mean by that is that uh, I've watched this 
back several times. I really have. And Raheem Sterling, I truly believe, goes down and creates this opportunity for a penalty. And I'm just going to say it. Diop, he's at fault for putting his leg out there. But uh, it looks like to me, based on what I watched and playing it back over and over again, is that Raheem Sterling does get his leg and goes down. Now, I kept watching it over and over again just to make sure that he does touch his leg. It's funny because uh, I did not get the most wonderful view of this, but I do think that he does get the leg of Diop. I'm talking about Sterling, but here's the thing. Raheem Sterling is someone that is just such a diver, and I'm going to call it what it is. He's a cheater. Let's just call it what I feel it is. He cheats to win penalties. Someone actually just told me that he's won the most penalties in Premier League history, and that's not something to be proud of. That just reeks of what I've been talking about, what I've been complaining about. He dives. It's simulation in my book. But it's a penalty because of the way penalties are. If he hits the leg, it's a penalty, but he initiates it. He absolutely initiates the contact. He's creating it. So, yes, it's a penalty, but it is created by Raheem Sterling, who is the best in the business of doing this. And that's not a good thing. I don't like players that do this. I've been very open about it. I will call out Fulham players but I'm also going to call out other players that do it against Fulham. And Raheem Sterling has done it at least twice and maybe more than that against Fulham. I believe he did it in a Man City match as well. So sorry for me, it's a dive and he won the penalty. So we'll just leave it at that. Okay, let's go to number two. And that is this. It should have been a red card. Absolutely. I've, Heard all kinds of arguments that this shouldn't have been a red card. I watched Match of the Day, and they're all saying it's a yellow card. Are you kidding me with this? This is a red card all day long. I kept seeing this about intent. I'm like, it's not about intent. It is a dangerous challenge. It's dangerous. He could have injured William big time on this. If you watch it, over and over again, you're going to see that. Now, you can see in real time that Anthony Taylor gives a yellow card based on what he saw. But if they are looking at this, how can you not turn this into a red card? It is crazy. And all I'm saying about this is that if you are going to give a red card to Raul Jimenez, you have to give a red card to Gusto. There is no difference. It's the same situation. It's not about intent. It is a dangerous challenge for both situations. Reckless and dangerous. That's what I kept hearing. Well, it's reckless, but it's not dangerous. That's what they actually said on match of the day. Are you kidding me with this crap? It's a red card. It's an absolute red card. And honestly, if Fulham are going to be in a situation against Newcastle United when it changes the match, then they should be on the other side in a situation like this against Chelsea. And for whatever reason, VAR did not change this to a red card. And that would have changed the match, honestly. The match would have gone very differently. Marco Silva has every right to be upset. 
and people are making fun of Marco Silva for him being so upset about it. He has every right to be upset about it. I'm upset about it. Get the calls right. It's a red card. How can you not call that a red card? So, yes, I'm going to talk about it. And like I said, if the shoe's on the other foot in the Jimenez situation, we're calling it a red card for Newcastle United. It has to work both ways. This is a red card. It is an absolute red card, which changed the game. And honestly, I think if it's a red card, I heard the Fulmish quick take, and I believe they both said that Fulm probably would have won the match, and I agree with them. I think Fulm would have ended up winning the match. At the time when it happened, Fulm would have ended up winning this match. So get the calls right. That's why you have VAR. I've got some serious thoughts on VAR. I don't think it's right to have referees just basically switching games when they're the VAR official. I think there needs to be independent officials in charge of VAR. I just don't think this is right because I don't think, and again, this is just my opinion, that one referee is going to want to call out another referee. I think basically being a human comes into this. You don't want to call out a coworker. You don't. So I think that that could cause some issues with VAR. And I think that a problem that they're having is that this should be an independent official being the person in charge of VAR to be the VAR official, not another referee. It just should not be that way. It's wrong. It's wrong because I think it brings into the situation of do I make a call that's going to upset someone else? Or even bring it to his attention. Hey, maybe you should take a look at this because it could be embarrassing to get a call wrong. And that, to me, they need to separate the VAR officials from the actual referees, okay? I think this is a mistake that the Premier League have gone with because now I think you're creating this situation where maybe, just maybe, the VAR official who is a referee looking at this might not want to go and question another referee who made the call. That's just my opinion on that. It should have been a red card. It absolutely should have been a red card. No question about it, 100%, and it would have changed the match. Coming up next is my number one takeaway from Fulham's 1-0 loss to Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Okay, so here's my number one takeaway from this match, and it is this. Fulham's inconsistency this season is because of not enough quality and serious lack of depth. Now, when you look at 
the team that Marco Silva put out there as a starting 11. It's okay, right? It's okay. But the problem is that he does not have his probably ideal starting 11. I think we saw that with the two 5-0 victories for Fulham. When he can put out his ideal starting 11, Fulham can beat anyone. But when you lose a piece, when you lose two pieces, like in the case that they have right now with the African Cup of Nations, you lose it. Bassi and Awobi, it affects you. When Raul Jimenez has his uh, three-game suspension, that affects you. When William can't play, that affects you. So you have all of these things. The problem is that they don't have enough depth to basically take the place of when players go out for whatever reason. And they obviously could use a little bit more quality in that starting 11 to compete on a consistent basis with teams like Chelsea. Listen, they were able to do it against Arsenal, which is great. They have the ability to do it, but they don't have enough quality to consistently compete against the top teams. They just don't. They need better players. They need younger players. That's why you are seeing such an inconsistent season. Now, the other part of this, as I just mentioned, is the lack of depth. Because when you have the players that are coming off your bench compared to the other clubs that I've seen recently, we're talking the big clubs, it's like night and day. And that's where you're going to end up losing matches. That's why you're seeing... Fulham's results being so inconsistent. It really comes down to lack of depth and really just overall quality of talent. And it goes back, guess who, to our director of football not giving Marco enough quality and depth, okay? It's on him. It is absolutely on him. They dropped the ball, Fulham Football Club, as a club this summer. Tony Khan dropped the ball. And that's why you're seeing the results that you're seeing. Other teams have more quality and more depth than Fulham Football Club. They're going to be okay. They're not going to get relegated, but they are an average side, a mid-table side. And Fulham supporters, we deserve better than what we're seeing. And that's why that's my number one takeaway. It showed itself in the Liverpool match. It showed itself against Chelsea. Not enough quality and serious lack of depth. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Cottage Talk. As always, please do subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. It does help other phone supporters find us. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. My name is Russ Coleman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk, part of the TalkSport Fan Network. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. 
Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.